Our first uh, scripture reading of the morning is from Psalm 139. In fact, both scripture readings are going to be from Psalm 139. I'm going to divide it up. And the first is verses 1 through 6. Again, you can open up those pew Bibles to the Old Testament page 577, or you can follow along on the screen. You might want to, at some point, though, uh, grab those Bibles and hold them open because I am going to be referring to the text during the course of the message. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the old uh, comedian Rodney Dangerfield, the one that gets no respect, tells a joke that as a young boy, he was at the beach and he was lost and he was crying because he could not find his parents. And so he went up to the lifeguard and looking at that lifeguard with tears in his eyes, he asked him, do you think we'll find them? And lifeguard said back, I don't know, kid, there's so many places they could be hiding. (laughs) Well, that is not God. God does not hide from us, even though we may sometimes want to hide from God, but it just doesn't work. And I think that is what the psalmist is getting at in our scripture reading from Psalm 139. And so I invite you to join me as I continue the passage. I'm going to pick it up in verse 7 and read through verses 18. Again, you can open up your few Bibles. You can follow along on the screen. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 18. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed from me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 139 begins with the words, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. And of course, say, well, of course, God knows me. God knows everything. God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. 
What you may not know is that the term omniscience is actually a Greek concept, which means knowing all the information there is to know. There was a CNN poll a while back which asked the question, do you approve of God's job performance? In other words, does, does God know what he's doing? 48% of the people, of the people said no, no. And I think that is the game that many, many people play in their understanding of God. That God just sort of lurks behind the shadows so that with every scientific discovery and with every technological advancement, God knows less and less and God becomes smaller and smaller. What we really discover about the nature and character of God in Psalm 139 just makes God that much bigger and gives us even more reason to praise him. Friends, God is big, God is smart, and God does not run out of gigabytes on his hard drive, but instead has all the information he needs to know to guide and direct our lives. Now, the question of how well does God know us gets answered in verse 2 in Psalm 139. It says, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. In other words, when I sit down on the couch to to, to veg out and watch an old Clint Eastwood Western or to watch an old episode of MASH or an episode of the Bing Bang Theory. God knows that. When I'm on the go, making calls, sending emails, contacting customers, God knows me. Says you even discern my thoughts from far away. Imagine that. God is a mind reader. God knows what you're thinking at this very moment. God knows that you're thinking, boy, I sure hope the preacher doesn't prattle on too long this morning. There's a sandwich at home with my name on it. God knows that, and now I know that too. And then we discover that God makes it a practice to study our habits. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. If you're an early riser who likes to get up in the morning at the crack of dawn, God notices that. If you're somebody who likes to go to downtown Quarryville and grab a cup of coffee uh, at the Daily Grind to get your day going, God notices that. God is familiar with all our ways. Now, I'm not sure how you feel about, about all that, but I'm going to make a confession to you. When I stop and think about the limitless knowledge that God has about me, I have to tell you, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think some of us are afraid and, and, and we don't want the government collecting data from our computers or our cell phones, whether we've been vaccinated or not vaccinated. And you know what, deep down, we don't really want God to know us like that either. In fact, I bet that our worst nightmare would be the thought of God having this really thick FBI file on us. Because we don't like the idea of God having that kind of information about us. We don't like the idea of God having that kind of security clearance that keeps tabs on our lives. But friends, here's what's important. We need to realize that the motive for God knowing us is that of love. God wants to know us completely in order that he might help us achieve the purpose for which we were created, to, to lead us on paths of devotion and healing and joy. 
Now, what's interesting to me is that the Hebrew word for know, for knowing, is the word yada, yada. And it's a word that is so intimate, it's a word that is so personal, that is also the word that the Bible uses for sexual intimacy. You might remember that old King James Version of the Bible in Genesis where it, where it says, uh, Adam knew his wife Eve and she bore a son. God knows us with that same kind of deep, personal, intimate, tender knowledge. And then we fast forward in the New Testament and Jesus tells us and explains to us how well God knows us, cares for us, and loves us. Because Jesus says, why even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Now, does that seem strange to you? Does it seem strange to you to be cared for that much? Does it seem strange to you that you are loved by God that much? And the reason why I ask that is because it's kind of uh, uh, easy in the world today to feel rather insignificant. Uh, corporations expect us to, to run like thoroughbreds until we get sick and tired, and then they put out, us out the pasture, and then they just get another horse. Astronomers describe the Earth as a, a tiny BB rolling around this giant, vast boxcar of the universe. Scientists consider human beings to be mere particles of flesh that can come and go in, in, a, in an instant of of, of cosmic time but to finally realize that God wants to take the time to truly know me that's when I am reminded just how significant and important and how much I really do matter to God now one of my favorite parts of Psalm 139 happens in verse 7 because here the psalmist has this almost whimsical game of, of hide-and-go-seek with God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? In other words, God, how can I play hide-and-go-seek with you? I, if I go over here, you're over here. If I go over there, you're over there. If I go to the depths, you're there too. If I go into the heavens, it says, you're there. Hey, God, you're, you're just way too good at this game. You're going to see a couple pictures on the screen. When I was in Houston several years ago with my uh, pastor friends from Princeton Seminary, we got a tour of NASA from an astronaut who was in my friend's church. And he actually had the experience of being launched into the heavens. And at one point during the tour, as he was taking us through NASA, he said this, as I go into space, I know there is no place that God is not. And friends, it is the same with you and me. So when I'm in my car going down 272, 55, 60, 65 miles per hour, thank goodness God is there. If you have a child at college and you're racking up massive tuition bills, God is there you've ever had the experience of being in the waiting room at LGH, agonizingly waiting to hear how the surgery of a loved one has come about or come out, God, God is there too. And yes, even on the day we die, God will be there to meet us and welcome us all home. 
as I've been preaching in my sermon series, God is all-powerful. What's the term? God is omnipotent. God is all-knowing, omniscient. And next week, our youth will be leading worship, talking about God is omnipresent. God is everywhere all the time. But I love how the Christian writer A.W. Tozer put it. He wrote this. Our Heavenly Father knows us completely. No tail-bearer can inform on us. No enemy can make an accusation stick. No forgotten skeleton can come tumbling out of some hidden closet to abash us and expose our past. No unsuspected weakness in our character can come to light to turn God away from us since He knew us utterly before we knew Him and called us to Himself in the full knowledge of everything that was against us. So here's the question. You don't have to answer audibly. Do you have some deep, deep, dark secret down in the pit of your soul that you fear being discovered? I'll answer that for you. Yes, you do. <laughs> and so do I. But guess what? I'll let you in on a secret. God already knows it all. Chapter and verse. And more than that, God wants his love to free you from all that hiding. Psalm 139 is important because it also exalts in our being known by God through and through. In fact, the psalmist shouts, the whole reason why I am alive on planet Earth to begin with is because God made me. You have your own designer label stamped on you, and I guarantee you it doesn't say made in China. It says handmade by God. In fact, we even discover our prenatal relationship with God. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. One translation of verse 14 says this, I am awesomely wonderful. Isn't that great? Awesomely wonderful. God feels that way about you. God feels that way about me. But it does kind of raise a rather interesting question for us to consider. Just how awesomely wonderful are we? Well, even though it is only four inches in diameter, about the size of a human fist, have you ever stopped to think about the power and wonder of the human heart? The heart beats 70 times a minute, that's 4,200 times an hour, 100,000 times a day, 36,792,000 times a year, and 2,575,444,000 times in 70 years. So great is the human heart that God created that every time it beats, it pumps two and a half ounces of blood. That's 175 ounces per minute, 656 pounds per hour for a total of seven and three quarter tons in just one day. And I read that the power expended by the human heart over the course of a lifetime equals the force that it would take to hoist the battleship Missouri six feet out of the water. Friends, there's no doubt we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, God's hand was all over your growth and development while you were still in utero. 
What would life be like if we had been born weighing 28,000 pounds? I'm so glad I can't see moms behind their masks because I think you would faint. But that is how much each of us would have weighed uh, at birth if our bodies had continued to, to grow at the same rate that they did during the first two weeks of life in the womb. And what's amazing to me is at the same time that our tiny, uh, tiny cells were, were dividing at a, at a breakneck uh, pace, the tiniest details of our mind and bodies were being organized by our creator God. From our ability to throw a baseball, to the color of our eyes, to the sound of our laugh, all of it comes together while we are no larger than a tiny microscopic dot in those first two weeks of life in the womb. And what was true in the beginning continues as God is in control of all the days of our lives. Now, for me, the most obvious example of us not being in control also happens to do with the functioning of our bodies. Because we have things going on inside of us that we don't control consciously, but if they stop working, we'd all be history. Put your hand in your chest, and I bet you can feel your heart thumping, right? You should be able to. Mother once said to a little girl, honey, Jesus lives in your heart. Well, a little girl was hugging her mother one day, and, and she put her head against her mother's chest, and her face lit up. And she said, Mama, I, I hear Jesus. And her mother said, well, honey, what's Jesus doing? And she said, I'm not sure, but it sounds like he's making coffee. <laughs> We can hear or feel our hearts go thump, 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 but imagine if we had to use our minds to keep our heart going. What if we had to command our minds to tell our hearts, okay, you beat now, okay, beat again, okay, okay, beat again, but what would happen if we got distracted or our minds started to wander? What would happen if we had to say, lungs breathe, food digest? We are utterly dependent on God to control our bodily functions. Friends, God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. <coughs> After all I've said to you, I think that we probably can agree that his knowledge of us is really not the question. The question that I want to leave with you today is this. Do you know him? The way to get to know God is by committing your life to Jesus Christ. There's really no one better to whom you can trust your life to. Remember, it is God who knit you together while you were in your mama's tummy. All your days are written in his book, and he knows you better than you even know yourself. And if you want to know him today, you come talk to me, you talk to an elder, you talk to a deacon, you give me a call. Because I promise you, from this point on, your life journey will be one of intimacy and joy and love. One of the books that I used to read to my children when they were younger was a book by Margaret Wise Brown. It's called The Runaway Bunny. Once there was a little bunny who wanted to run away. So she said to his mother, I am running away. If you run away, said his mother, I will run after you, for you are my little bunny. If you run after me, said the little bunny, I will become a fish in a trout stream and I will swim away from you. If you become a fish in a trout stream, said his mother, I will become a fisherman, and I will fish for you. 
If you become a fisherman, said the little bunny, I will become a rock on a, on a mountain high above you. If you become a rock on the mountain high above me, said his mother, I will be a mountain climber and I will climb to where you are. If you become a mountain climber, said the little bunny, I will be a crocus in a hidden garden. If you become a crocus in a hidden garden, said his mother, I will be a gardener and I will find you. If you are a gardener and find me, said the little bunny, I will be a bird and fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, said his mother, I will be a tree that you come home to. If you become a tree, said the little bunny, I will become a little sailboat and I will sail away from you. If you become a sailboat and sail away from me, said his mother, I will become the wind and blow you where I want you to go. If you become the, blind, or the wind and blow me, said the little bunny, I will join the circus and fly away on a flying trapeze. If you go flying on a flying trapeze, said his mother, I will be a tightrope walker and I will walk across the air to you. If you become a tightrope walker and walk across the air, said the little bunny, I will become a little boy and run into a house. If you become a little boy and run into a house, said the mother bunny, I will become your mother and catch you in, your, in, in my arms and hug you. Shucks, said the little bunny, I might just stay right where I am and be your little bunny. <laughs> and so he did. God is like that mother bunny. God knows you. God loves you. God will search high and low for you. And when he finds you, he will wrap you in the warm embrace of his everlasting arms. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, you do know everything. And you know everything about everybody. And we thank you for the assurance that comes from your word that you're not some distant deity to whom we are just blips on your cosmic radar screen, but that you have come close to us in Jesus Christ, who is as near to us as our own breathing. And like we read earlier in Psalm 139, let us rejoice that you know us intimately Thank you for letting us know you, O oh God. Open up our hearts to being known by you and by one another. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.